BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Show podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and tonight we are live with another amazing guest on the show. We have an awesome, awesome artist from the Destiny community tonight on the podcast. We welcome, he is the recognized artist who has worked with the likes of Mylan Games and Bungie. He is also a pretty big Destiny fan, and we're so excited to welcome him on the show tonight. He is other than Gamma Trap. Thank you so much, Gamma Trap, for joining us tonight on the show. It's such a pleasure to have you on with us. It's a very big honor to be asked. I appreciate it. And sorry, just just letting uh, the the show folks know. Also, I'm not feeling very well, so I apologize if I sound kind of. <laughs> so, anyway, as you were, <laughs> we're gonna work that magic in post production to make it sound. Post, really you'll fix it in post. Don't you worry, we'll fix it in post. We're gonna make it sound just fine. And guardians, I hope you're ready for our discussion with the guardians. We're gonna kick things off. If you have any questions for Gamma Trap, make sure to leave them in the comment box in twitch and we'll make sure to answer your questions live on the show but we're going to kick things off with gamma trap how did you get started in destiny and the destiny community well uh first of all just letting you know it's in subscriber only chat on twitch uh but second of all uh i got started because a buddy of mine at work was playing a bunch of destiny and I hadn't tried it yet. This is back in the just before Taken King came out. And uh, then I was watching a bunch of lore videos for Bloodborne. And Mylan used to do Bloodborne lore videos, but he stopped because the bosses were too hard. So he switched over to Destiny. And uh, so because I was already watching his stuff, uh, I started learning about Destiny lore and all that jazz. And it was fantastic. And it was cool. And it was exciting. And I was kind of interesting anyway, because a buddy of mine, like I said, played it. So I got started around taking King time and I was working at a, uh, at a screen print place doing really boring athletic art, which is the most soul crushing, just worst art anyone could ever be asked or hired to do ever. No 
<laughs> corporate art is even is better than athletic art because athletic art has no imagination whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, that's what got me started. I was I was watching Bloodborne lore. What is athletic art? Okay, so you know how like athletic departments for schools are like Blue Jays with like a little arc to it and then like a a serif font and maybe a Blue Jay logo or a Wildcats and just have like you know one of four different paw coming like scratching through the logo or some dumb thing like that. It's all the same. Do they all? <laughs> I mean, it's I, all. The, they all feel like I, they're the same. Probably they are the same. Templates. At, no, that's exactly how it works. Well, I, at, I, I, I did thousands of these a day. I was a color separator at one of the largest screen print companies in the country. And it was only like a couple of us who did this stuff. And we, we handled all of like when Teespring first got started, we were in charge of the color separating for their thing. Thank the Lord, because I it finally got me away from athletic wear. But thousands man, every week, thousands. And it's all the same. It's, it's tragic. I'm, if anyone listening, no, it's okay. If anyone listening, I don't know how, how many places you guys put this podcast, probably different podcast stations, maybe YouTube, Twitch. If anybody in chat, if anybody leaves a comment on YouTube, wherever you guys put this stuff, if any of y'all are in the athletic department, pay your artists more because they try their best to, <laughs> to keep breathing while they're doing that. It's like holding their breath, going underwater, doing the most soul crushing, tedious, boring thing you can ever ask somebody to do. Did you drink a yeah. lot of coffee? <laughs> no, I don't really like coffee. Really? Oh, man. So how did you stay awake? Uh, Monster and Red Venom, which is a drink oh. that made by Dr. Pepper. It makes the heart palpitations taste just that much better. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, so that's basically like roughing it, doing that athletic art. Like It's like cutting your teeth, like kind of like in the beginning and, you know, before you can really get like discovered and things like that right no 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 no. it's 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 where artists go to to try and pay bills or stop trying to be an artist oh okay (laughs) it's just because like i it's so boring and my job is a color separator at the time I, i i was hired for color separation as well as actual designing and designing was easy as hell but color separating is the most easy part because in color separating it's literally as it sounds you get the image and it might come in a few different colors and you make a under base of just you know because they get separated into screens to be put on the shirts and the hoodies and stuff has different colors and every every color has its own screen so anyway that's screen printing so i literally made scripts and actions to do the entire thing by pressing one button Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I kept that to myself for like a year. <laughs> and everyone was like, how, how can you do these hundreds of these a day? I'm like, I'm just really good, man. <laughs> so now we know how you work with Bungie. Now we know no, the no, secret. No, no. It was a button. It was okay. a button. It was oh, it's always a button. It was a button. It was it's a been button. a button the whole time. So. Yeah. It's funny. I finally discovered like Ink Master. Like the show after like six, seven, eight years or whatever that's been on. So it's like watching them do like some of the art and the tattoos that they do and everything too. It's kind of amazing. So it's like you got to have some sort of canvas though to work with and everything, right? And to 
like you, you got to have some inspiration basically oh yeah well i mean I, I haven't watched ink master but i assume they used illustrator a lot which is a program very adjacent to photoshop yeah yeah so i'm th- uh, that's yeah they're always on their laptops in certain programs so I'm, I'm sure you're right they never showed it on their screen but yeah some of the designs they come up with too are like pretty incredible so it's cool like how the colors like you know like you said color separation so it made me kind of think of that a little bit and so it's pretty well, cool this might surprise some of y'all but i don't have tattoos <laughs> really <laughs> and i have never one. given wow. not even well no i have one but it's I a have cheap one. It's not even one. It's it's I took a pen almost like like almost like a needle. I dipped it in ink and stabbed my arm with it just (laughs) in school just to be like, I'll bet I get a tattoo before you. I'm I'm super cool. I got a tattoo and I still got that little dot. So, I mean, that's awesome. (laughs) I have a dragon that looks like a seahorse. It's way cooler than the dot. That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know how they actually go about making tattoos. It took 14 hours. It just made me think of it a little bit because like, you know, the, the art it's, you know, it's, it's, it's artistic uh, representation, you know, and things like that. So. Gamma Trap, we got you here tonight. You know, it's special evening. I got to know what's it like to be an artist. Is it difficult? Is it everything it's cracked up to be? What like it really like? Seeing as you gave me such a broad question, I will give you a broad ass answer. Uh, it's everything and nothing like you imagined it to be, depending on the scope of your expectations. Okay. Bitch. <laughs> did, it, did it meet your expectations from? Yes. And no. <laughs> yes. Yes. And no. I constantly am trying to learn how to do better and do more and make bigger and crazier things. Uh, and I'm constantly met with a giant wall of frustration when I'm it's it's you're setting yourself up to fail so specifically you can it's like giving yourself walls so that you can find and scrounge and make ladders to climb over the walls it's it's really weird because you're in charge of your own progression anytime I think you're in charge of your own progression no matter what field it is art is is just the one I work on but when they say the starving artist, like that, they really mean that sometimes. I don't <laughs> like, know. That's, that's a... financial based. I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about like progression as a as an as a skill. Right. Uh, starving artist is, is <laughs> man. We got Twitter bots now. You could just like if you if you go to Twitter and be like, I can need to commission an artist. You'll get like 13, 15 DMs of just automatically. I mean. If people can figure that out, I don't see why anyone's starving anymore. Just just make a bot, dude. <laughs> like, I, I hear that saying in my head, and I was just like, oh, like you were talking about, like, you know, different, you know, artists and things like that. So, and sometimes it's hard to, like, break through and everything in the beginning because, you know, you really have to do a lot to get dis- discovered some, you know. But, is uh, it really as simple as making a bot? Because I mean, no, I mean, as far as as finding far as finding work goes, you can yeah. make a bot if you want to be a kind of a jerk and really annoying. <laughs> that works. I mean, it does work. But it helps if you're really, really good, though, too. You know, yes, it, you have because like, even, good, after, uh, yeah, even after you got the bot, even after it's it gets you in the door for someone who wants to hire an artist for a piece, you still have to make the piece. You still have to know how. So, I mean, 
Yeah. You have to know how to serve your client. Your clientele. Create, like, really capture the work that they're looking for you to do for them. And that's, I'm sure, not a simple thing. I love that process, personally. Like, a lot of people don't. I will say, a lot of artists tend to not. So, what? who inspired your work as an artist? Oh, gosh, so many. Um, well, there's a uh, an environmental concept artist who he works in. I think he still works in Naughty Dog. His name is Eitan Zana. Uh, I watched a lot of his his work and his progression and stuff like that. And he makes a bunch of crazy pieces about giant, like sweeping landscapes of mountains. And, and he has this, this, this thing he likes to do with sunlight. Uh, but also, um, Jorge Jimenez or George Jimenez, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Uh, he's a comic book artist for DC who's inspired oh, cool. heavily by manga and anime. So having that kind of art style or that inspiration for the art style in a Western comic, because he makes Batman, he makes Superman, you know, the more modern stuff. Uh, he's, he's one of the more newer artists who's been around for like maybe, maybe 10 years or so. Uh, I think maybe more of that actually, but there's that one. I love that dude's work so much. It's incredible. And, uh, I think he's is is he can, he can do everything inking pencils on us he can also do coloring but he he works a lot very well with a with a colorist in dc called uh alejandro something shit like sanchez or something. i'm not sure but anyway their their combined force is incredible uh aside from that just a bunch really <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of probably why i have no like set style of any kind Yeah, I know that makes total sense. That's really cool. And how did you get your chance to work with Bungie? How did that project come about? Oh, um, well, the first one, which is unofficial, <laughs> uh, the Destiny fans event, or De it's an ANZ. It's 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 a state in Australia. Um, they had a, a Bungie. They had a Destiny event, and. Uh, Felicia, one of the people over there, the community member types, asked me to make this big, humongous piece of almost like the background of what's going on in in your Destiny show podcast overlay. It's just like the 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 Scarlet Keep and a bunch of mountainous regions and stuff like that. But that was the first one. But like I said, that one's kind of like unofficial. Uh, but the official one, with uh, as the community has lovingly called him. I think the boy or the homeboy, which is the giant knight in the festival of lost that chased you down. Who's invincible. Uh, Eric Newgard, uh, emailed me and he's, he's a, he's a bungee dude and asked me if I wanted to be part of the, uh, the festival of the lost's, uh, artist or community artist thing where they take members of the community and, and they, work with them, go back and forth, see if they want to make a product merchandise and the artist gets a cut and then Bungie gets a cut. And it's just a fun way to like make stuff for the community at that time. Uh, Farian, I believe, and Clinton. It was me, Farian and Clinton on that particular season, that run. Um, 
Farian made a cool Nocris shirt. Clinton made this amazing piece of of the uh, Festival of the Lost, like Frankenstein vampire and werewolf or uh, armor pieces for the Guardians. And I made that wonky spider web encrusted giant hive knight who's stalking you through the forest. And that was fun. Nice. But every yeah, but every so often, uh, Bungie likes to do like every different season. Bungie likes to do I don't know if it's every season, but you know every like expansion or main event kind of thing. Bungie likes to do these things where they work with members of the community. I mean, it's about it. I love yeah. that they do that, and they really feature artists from. What do you do when you're not playing Destiny or creating art? See. Yeah, I, you almost had me there when you're like, what do you do when you're not playing Destiny? I was going to be like literally everything else. <laughs> but uh, not creating art, that's a tough one. Sleeping, probably. <laughs> it's a lonely existence over here, man. I just I just chill. Okay, here's another. Uh, I play a, very, a, a variety of different games, but I, I usually work, sleep, eat, take care of my animals, uh, play games and that's it that's my life that's the life of a hermit <laughs> I'll, I'll sometimes i'll stream or sometimes i'll make tutorials and stuff for my youtube channel but other than that that's better but the games wise I, how many animals do you have i've got two dogs or two and a half dogs because one of them is my uncle's uh i live in the family house and two sugar gliders sugar gliders what yeah. exactly is that that is, you know, flying squirrels. Yeah. They glide and stuff. Well, sugar gliders are very much like flying squirrels. They're a little smaller and they're actually marsupials like koala bears and kangaroos. Oh, wow. Ah, interesting. They live like 15 years. Very communal. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of those. Oh, they're incredible. <laughs> <laughs> they're little assholes, but like they're awesome. <laughs> they're super smart. So what do they eat? They, well, as the name implies, <laughs> um, <laughs> mostly sugar, sugary shit, like fruits. Gotta oh. get some vegetables. You gotta have a, okay, one of the things that makes sugar gliders such terrible pets is because their dietary requirements. They need certain levels of protein. They can't have certain levels of phosphorus or what, not phosphorus, like phosphates. I can't remember, but some things they can't have, some things they can have in small margins, some things they need to have in small margins, some things need to have on a lot. So you try and mix it up with broccoli and cantaloupe and or rock melon uh watermelon you said they're marsupials but so they like are they kind of like uh from like australia or, uh, uh yeah australia indonesia type places i can't remember where they're actually native from oh that's pretty cool where would you get one do you get one at like petco uh hopefully not um <laughs> i wouldn't even know <laughs> most most places if uh, ha t t okay, if sugar gliders are pretty popular for a little while until they either die because the owner can't take care of them or the owner tries to get rid of them. It's rare for a sugar glider to die of old age in the States. So oh, there's breeders. Uh, there's there's oftentimes people who love sugar gliders a whole lot. There's like little Facebook groups. So if if anyone listening would like a sugar glider, uh, first of all, try to avoid that option. Second of all, if you really want one, uh, usually there's like Facebook groups and stuff like that uh, for your area. Just type in sugar glider and you'll find 
a spot. And there's usually a breeder or a caretaker, like a foster person who has a lot of sugar gliders in their house and their house stinks really bad. And sometimes babies happen. So if you want, want to try and take, you know, try your hand at owning a sugar glider, that's your, that's your, that's your way. So I got, I just typed it in Google. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like a flying squirrel. Holy wow. I'm learning new things every day. (laughs) (laughs) So on a slightly different topic, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on the witch queen reveal that we saw earlier last month? I've got a handful of ideas. Uh, The first one is I, okay, we'll hit the cinematic first. I love when, when, when creative folks expand on their universe in the smallest of ways. What I mean by that is like in the cinematic itself, the first thing I noticed was they were messing with their watches. Icora was putting stuff on maps. Just like, it makes you think like, okay, (laughs) it's like they have a watch. They're like, yeah, it's a GPS locator on my wrist. Like it just little things like you don't like you don't have access to as a player, but like it shows you that that's a more lived in world. Second of all, the hive guardians and there's obviously there will be spoilers involved in this conversation. So if you haven't watched the thing and you say, it's just you do for all the people listening hive guardians, I've been wanting forever, but not yet. But it, 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 I, it's not necessarily that I've been wanting fallen and elixir guardians because I thought they'd be more realistic. I never saw Hive Guardians coming. I don't think anybody really ever did. A lot of my friends work work on uh, the D and Destiny project, which is the the D and D uh, Destiny kind of thing. So where like you make a guardian, you have different playable races, just like in D and D, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, Ten uh, Ten Rukin, her whole thing for every time she plays it, she plays a Hive Knight guardian because like you know you're a guardian in these you're like they have vex guardians in that game they've got fallen or elixir guardians they've got hive guardians so she was over the moon same with everyone who ever plays d and destiny uh but i never saw that thing coming but my second i did i was i was at the same time terrified and ecstatic because they showed that the first obviously like one of the first uh supers they showed was like the blade barrage <laughs> and I was like the sweetest of karma, the cruelest of ironies is you heard that blade barrage sound and that hunter went down in the thing of flames. It's like, ah, et brute, my own knives. <laughs> but I know. Can you imagine getting chaos reached? By a, uh, well, see, that's the best part. <laughs> they were so meticulous over those supers. If you look at it, they're like guardian supers, but they're not guardian supers. That's because they were imitated. They were, they were just there. That's the hives version of those supers because Savathun as Osiris wandered around the crucible and iron banner and just watched guardians. Like it even says when the lore of, I can't remember which gun, but it says how Osiris like as Savathun or Savathun as Osiris paid very close attention when watching ghosts resurrect guardians. Now, here's the here's the rub. Here's the kicker that, that I'm OK. How well are y'all listening right now? Here's the kick in the nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I come at this from a very abstracted direction because I have to I have to draw a lot of this stuff. And, and oftentimes it's what's the inspiration that causes me to draw this stuff. But here's here's the abstract way of thinking about it. Right. Savathun's whole 
whole whole jibangle, right? Her whole deal, her whole enchilada is lies, right? Lies, deception. Yeah, uh, we don't deceit. even know. It was it was it was speculated that Savathun isn't actually even her real name. And every time we say Savathun, we make her just a little little bit stronger because we're lying, and she's the hive god of lies, or 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 she lied to us, she tricked us like because Beetlejuice. that's not. Yeah, because <laughs> because it's not actually her name, but she tricked us. <laughs> yeah, but she tricked us into saying it, you know. So that's that's been like the I think that's actually in the lore somewhere. I can remember, but it's it could be just speculation. But anyway, here's the kicker. This whole thing's taking place inside the um, the her ascended plane, sort of like how the dreadnought was Oryx's mobile ascendant plane. Well, Savathun has, I guess, portals to one of her like murder moons. Do y'all know that she has those? Didn't know murder okay. moons. That's for yeah, my she, first hearing of it. She has moons, an entire moons, dedicated to be like 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 murder batteries. That's what she did to the Dreaming City. She's like, aha, this is not the first, it's not my first rodeo. <laughs> okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to curse this into a repetitive state and it's going to keep killing people and it's going to feed my worm and I'm going to feel good about it. But she does it. She has moons like that too. The entire humongous, like little planets and moons and, and planetoids on stuff. But I'm, I'm not sure exactly where her ascendant plane is. I'm sure we'll figure it out. She might, everyone thought she was going to take over the dreadnought to sort of absorb it into that. But Here's, like I said, the real kick in the nuts. What if in that ascendant plane, while we're fighting those guardians, what if that's an illusion and we're actually fighting other guardians? Oh, and when when we kill their hive ghosts, what we're actually doing is killing guardian ghosts. And they think that we're hive guardians. You feel me? Wow. They're trying to kill our ghosts. That. That's that's so Savathun. From lore based Savathun. So bungee to do something like that, too. And it's true like, also. That's very bungee. Yeah. Real wow, pieces that, of work. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty insane. Yeah, I mean pretty epic, yeah. She's been pretty obsessed with us, like you said. I mean, she's more obsessed with us than I think Callus was and everything. So Oh, I don't know about that. I, I, <laughs> I'm not sure. Did you read Callus's love letters? Not all of them, no. Okay, so for everybody who's hearing that, Callus liked to rub his nipples talking about guardians to his scions. <laughs> okay, Savathun probably doesn't do that. Savathun's like, all right, these guys are another little step. They got the traveler. That's kind of neat. Other than that, though, <laughs> it's 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 funky. No, I, I doubt anybody loves this more than Callus. Yeah, we're 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 as BFFs. For oh, sure. for sure. Who's <laughs> <laughs> joining me at the end of the world, Guardian? Yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah, go through my ship. Take whatever you want. Oh, yes. Look, look there. Their fire team was walking on my. It still smells like them. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, Callus is all about this. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Good, good times. So I got to ask, Gamma Trap, did you pick up the collector's edition of The Witch Queen? I have not even pre-ordered it. Oh, it's a dead game. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> you kidding me? Oh, man. No. You're, on, you're on the wrong <laughs> podcast, my friend. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Get I'm out. 
I'll get it, but I, I'm not gonna. I, I can't. I'm not gonna get the Calypso edition. That's for sure. <laughs> Don't want that hive ghost, huh? Well, that's no, not that. <laughs> All right, it ain't that. <laughs> it's mostly funds. I mean, it's expensive. It is. It is expensive. You're right. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know about everyone else who comes around here, right? But uh, I ain't got no iPhones. I have three shirts. I got uh, 13 pairs of socks, which is infuriating. <laughs> Starving oh, artists, remember? <laughs> That's rough. Yeah, it's, it's a hard life out here. Uh, well, <laughs> make sure to... I would love, I would love the collector's edition, but it would just sit on my shelf anyway. I don't know. It, it's not my style to have just stuff like that i could respect that because it would probably just sit on my shelf too like to be honest oh, yeah, but you it's know it will but it's gonna you know it's gonna be on your special shelf you know? i don't have one though <laughs> oh, i, got a I definitely do nice i, I love when people have, have special shelves dude i still have the destiny one collector's edition from vanilla from way See, back that's so when. cool Yep, right? my Dinklebot is sitting inside the, the box over there. I, I wonder if the Dinklebot... Do they actually, like... Uh, no, nah, they wouldn't do that. That would be impossible. I thought it'd be really cool if, the, if like, you put the ghosts next to each other and they kind of talk to each other, but, like, there's no way they'd be able to do that. Wouldn't that be cool if they brought back Dinklebot's voice during, like, the 30th anniversary? I that wouldn't would, like it at all. That would rule. <laughs> it'd be cool to have the option, but I would never use it. No. Yeah. Nah. I don't know. I I, I liked Dinklebot like in the beginning. You know, people didn't like his delivery that much, but well, the way he always thought of it was like he was like, okay, so I'm a robot. All right, I'll I'll talk like a robot. You bet. Yeah, he didn't he didn't think to give it that much like actual like, ooh, you know, like like. I just love his voice. I I don't know. I just like his. He's a cool dude. Yeah, you can't can't fault him for being a cool dude. Yep. One thing I was talking about. A lot of my, a lot of the people I get in these fights on Twitter all the time, and I love it. But one of the things I was talking about is Destiny One is like flawless in in the way that it it made you think about hope. Like you felt pure, you felt good when you played D One, whereas Destiny Two has just knocked you down since the beginning and kept kicking every year. Yeah. You know, we're slowly going down the darkness like. Uh, yeah, and you're, you're questioning your choices. You're, you're questioning the choices of the people that you idolize. You, you know, the whole thing. It's all it's all spinning wildly out of control. And that's, I think, one of the reasons people with the nostalgia goggles really love Destiny 1. Is like, that's one of the reasons I love Destiny 1 is because when you play that, like, OK, just turn on Destiny 1 soundtrack and try your best not to cry. <laughs> yeah it's it's a triumphant soundtrack it has triumphant kind of music to it yeah it it makes you feel like and like when you start the the thing you know, you you get your ship for the first time you go to the tower for the first time you meet everyone there for the first time the sun is shining you see all these other guardians walking around doing their business here you know overhead speakers of people talking about ships and stuff like that and you meet everyone and it's like ah we're the speaker oh my god all right, you hear the speaker the first time. He's telling you how guardians are like the paragons of the light, and you're you're like a, a, a paladin. You're like you're you're fighting for the people. You know, you're like, everything's beautiful and, and good and, and pure, and you can't go wrong. And you, and the entire Destiny One experience, you're fighting gods, and and like just in the background, just in the grimoire, where no one gave a damn. They just watched Bife and they'd watch 
um, Sir Wallen and they watch Mylan and all these other people in, in Beard Grizzly. They they listen to the lore and there's little hints of of dark, corrupted stuff. And you're thinking, man, it'd be really cool if we experienced that. So Destiny 1, they gave you nothing but that. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Uh, interesting take on that. for Sure. OK, so I'm, I'm, I'm literally stalling. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I got to ask, Emma Trap, you took a break from Destiny. Why did you stop playing? Are you in a storm? Uh, potentially. Okay. Oh, is, that, is, that, <laughs> yeah, is that what we're hearing? I was, I was wondering, too. That is probably <laughs> what you're hearing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's why I keep like muting my mic because it was ominous like, as hell. Why? Yeah. Tell us why you took a break from destiny. <laughs> <laughs> in a world where a man takes a break from destiny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, truthfully, it's because I was uh, focusing mostly on my uh, my non destiny content, which upon hearing that, uh, I imagine most people didn't know I had. And that's actually one of the reasons I took a break from it because um, I've been doing this stuff for a long time, years, right? And uh, it was a bit of a, I felt a bit obligated. It felt like that was my entire, uh, my entire brand, really. And it kind of sucked because it felt like most people really just kind of pigeonholed me as a destiny artist which doesn't give you much room to grow especially when like the meme is destiny is a dead game right and that's funny to destiny players we say that shit all the time to each other oh it's dead game it's stupid fucking game. we love it right and it's a huge game but it's not like worldwide worldwide like it's not fortnite big it's not league of legends big but it's big don't get me wrong it's big as hell way bigger than most people know but it's not like huge you know and it sucks because like the the prevalent message that the community gives or gives off to people who aren't in the community is that it's a dead game and all that stuff which is a meme that we kind of perpetuate uh so whenever you're quote unquote a destiny artist or destiny fan artist um no one cares <laughs> That's that, really. So for that time period when I wasn't doing Destiny stuff, I was focusing mostly on uh, making tutorials on how to paint things, how to do stylized stonework, how to do stylized woodwork, how to make this stuff in Photoshop, how to draw this stuff in Procreate. You know, and I'm focusing on my YouTube and, and all these other stuff because I, I was like, all right, you know, obviously I don't have a future in Destiny. But right now, I'm mostly just kind of come to terms with that because I've gotten my non-Destiny stuff at a place where I'm comfortable now. When and, you say uh, you don't have a future in Destiny, yeah, like what do you as a you, content creator? Oh, okay, I see. Okay, right, like like there's some people in the Destiny community who provide a certain useful thing, like raid guides, lore. Uh, gun talking, talk strap maps, stuff like that. Useful things, right? Even theory crafting, as well as entertainment. Like if you're a PvP sweat who streams, or you do raid carries. Sorry, I'm burping. 
you know, the Destiny community is vast, huge, constantly evolving, constantly changing. But Destiny artists are are so fucked. <laughs> I hit my mic. I'm sorry. I don't know if you heard that. Um, Destiny artists are, are incredibly fucked. Kind of fucked for, for everybody. And the, the reason we draw Destiny fan art uh, is at, at a point we're like, okay, I could do this. People like this stuff. They'll buy prints. They'll, they'll enjoy my work. I get praise. I get recognition. I could do all these things. I might be able to make a living for myself. You think this, you go through these stages in your head of like, okay, I can be a, a real figurehead in the destiny community. I could do this to be great. Uh, but then you smash your face in the ceiling of expectation because that's just not in the cards for a, for a destiny fan artist. Most fan artists, in fact, not just destiny, you know, world of Warcraft, you know, before all this shit happened, uh, league of legends. And you can have partner programs in some places like guild wars two, for example, it's an MMO. If you don't know what that is, um, they have partner programs for their fan artists and their streamers and stuff like that, where they, where they, you know, kind of help each other out a bit. And I don't think destiny really has that. Um, either way, it's not a good place to be, to be what a destiny fan artist. I, I have a, you know, what if they were to have like a job in the art department, they have Imagine. jobs in the art department all the time. Like, you know, like, you know, world artist or things like that. You know, would that maybe that's something you could like look into at some point, possibly, well, right? Here is um it's like Prometheus. Not Prometheus. What's the one who's, who flies too close to the sun? Icarus, there we go. Mm, <laughs> yeah. All right, so it's like Icarus, right? When you're an artist and you like to draw cool fan art and stuff and you get really good, you practice because fan art is a vehicle for practice and trying out new things. That's what I preach to everybody who gets into this stuff. And I'm, I'm always very encouraging. I try my best to make sure everyone knows that this is awesome and to make them as big as possible, as fast as possible and spread their cool artwork as, as, as virulently as, as I can. But I always try to temper people's expectations. And I say, hopefully it works out the exact way you expect. And if not better, but it's most likely won't. Um, but what you need to do is you need to think of all of this artwork as practice. So an artist will practice drawing and painting all that stuff. And for the most part, that's not enough to get to work in a triple A game studio. Just drawing. Because most of the time artists are required to also know 3D software. Oh yeah, 3D various types and things yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Or and and a very a little bit of code of different languages. You know, there yeah. are some departments that just need like illustration, but almost almost all of them are just contracted, which is fine. So, for example, I if Bungie ever needed me to draw something, they would just contract me. They would just email me and say, "Hey, yo, Brandon, real quick, uh, can you do a cool piece of like this, this, this? Quick, great." I'm like, "All right, cool." And I'll drop some rough drafts. I'll send it back. They'll send it back to me. I'll send it back to them. They'll send it back to me until we get a cool finished picture, and then that's it. I'm not actually hired like in house by Bungie, but AAA Game Studios all the time contract things like illustrations out to artists who are you know who they like thinking that too yeah just like yeah they contract other, that stuff out yes games in-house yeah in-house work usually mostly involves working in engine but you know so if i wanted to actually work for bungie like in-house 
chances are I would de- I would definitely need to invest a lot of time into learning various 3D programs and then engine workings for that to actually be a thing. Yeah, I see. <clears throat> That's understandable. If you hit the jackpot tomorrow, what would you do? If you could do anything that you want. Jackpot is in what? Like if money? you won $20 million and oh, you Jesus. could do whatever you want, what would it be? If I won $20 million for whatever reason, I would definitely invest the majority of it into where I wouldn't have to work ever again. Because <laughs> I, I, I live cheap. I live low. And right now I'm also living with family, so that works out great. But then I would just probably either spend the rest of my time streaming, making the content that way, or, you know, making more tutorials and pretty much just doing what I'm doing now, but I wouldn't actually have to take any jobs, which is, that'd be freaking awesome. Cause my time is, is, is eaten up quite a bit by, by work as I'm sure everyone here kind of relates to. <laughs> as a destiny player, what do you enjoy playing the most in destiny? And what is your ideal loadout? As a destiny player, um ideal warlock uh dawn blade if possible loadout uh pulse rifle bows love them both trinity ghoul is a must uh sun bracers if you got trinity ghoul and sun bracers trinity ghoul has to have a catalyst and you know you got to get the right uh strength and discipline for the sun bracer combo but it's infinite grenades and infinite aoe shock arrows so there's no add in the game that can like if, if it's the perfect horde clearing build. So if you get attacked like Gambit, Gambit, I, it's just there's nothing left in the map ever. Infinite grenades, infinite shock arrows. That's my thing. Now, do you have to have your discipline like maxed out? No, no, not not anywhere close because oh, wow. it's it's based off strength and discipline. Mm-hmm. And you get if you if what's what's the one? It's uh, there's a mod that like you know, like melee damage in, you know increases your grenade like speed or like recharges your oh, grenade yeah. energy. One yeah, of those. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. just get that. Have just decent discipline, decent strength, because the way it's braces work is if you get a melee kill, which Top Tree Dawnblade by the way throws their melee. <laughs> uh, oh, if yeah. you get a melee kill, you have like four grenades for free. Oh. So you go boom, and it's, it's on a timer. So if you, if, you, if you max out those grenades, you know, you kill a melee kill, immediately start spamming grenades, you get about four. And then those grenade, and plus your actual normal grenade, by the way, so five. So you get five grenades, which by that time, with the right stuff, would refill your melee. So you'd hit someone else with your melee, and you'd get immediately five more grenades. So forever grenades forever as long as there's enemies to kill you get forever grenades and then wow. with again trinity ghoul with the catalyst you just shoot the feet not even the feet you shoot the ground nearby <laughs> not even full draw just click the mouse and it's just bleep, just kind of like just like little half shot just a little spud little little spritz of the arrows hits the ground anywhere near those enemies just giant arcs of lightning kills everything nearby and you're you you because it's catalyst you get the shock thing back so you just barely click the bow again in the general direction and it just destroys everything in that direction also 
So you're a giant walking anti horde machine. Oh, it's time I best time I better finish that catalyst on that then. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> that sounds like a good build. I, I gotta try that out for sure. Does it work in Grandmasters? Is it good for Grandmasters? Well, you gotta get kills. Okay. But okay. the good part is Sunbracers will definitely, as long as you get the melee kill, just start chucking your grenades at, you know, whatever big ass enemies in your way. Mm. And it'll definitely do a whole hell of a lot of damage. Not sure if it'll kill yeah. it, but, you know. And I think there's some mods this season in the artifact that, like, if, like, burn damage, like, solar damage does, like, weak, lots weakens champions and things like that. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that would work, actually. Yeah, it's just mad damage. That's what that whole thing's about. It's either mad damage to a single target or just destruction of hordes. Nice. So about you, what's y'all's favorite thing? Um, I'm a hunter by trade. So I like... By trade. By <laughs> trade. I just... Love it. I don't know. I've been playing hunter ever since the beginning. I play the other ones, but hunter's been my main. So I usually do like... Uh, I don't know. I was doing arc strider for a while. I would do like the top tree for the longest time, but now they buffed middle tree and middle tree arc strider feels really nice. That super lasts a lot longer than it used to, but man, I really miss blade dancer from D one. I loved the blade dancer. I loved my blinking hunter blade dancer. Like that was, that was my jam. Do you have the, uh, the, the, the face mask that lets you kind of teleport a bit or, or dodge invisibly? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mask of Bacris. Yeah, oh, I got Bacris. Yeah, I got that. Um, I haven't used it in a while, but I did use it a lot in the beginning because I was did, like, oh, you know, it's like not it quite feel blink. like blinking it a little bit, but it it just was not completely the same. It like, was just it's essentially just rolling or dodging invisible, though, right? Yeah, it, it's just basically shifting from one point to another. Basically. Yeah. yeah. I can't um, stand trying to melee someone and they do that. Because then you just yeah. slap the air that you know their character technically is, but you can't really see them. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yeah. You, you don't see it as much right now. I feel like um, yeah, it's infuriating, but in yeah. like a really good way. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't get. Yeah. I'm tilt proof in the crucible, by the way. So oh. usually, especially now where there's like no one cheating me, or you're not cheating me personally, but you know, no one really cheating all that much. Yeah, to, not as much since extent. they've uh, implemented Battle Eye. Yeah, I haven't actually run across anybody cheating. But of course, I haven't <laughs> played this dead ass game. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I, 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 the first day it was implemented, I played with my PvP sweat friends for like six hours straight, comp and quick play back and forth. Oh, and no, not even one. That's awesome. I, yeah, didn't run into one cheater. That's great. It was amazing. Then they just kind of implemented kind of like the first stage of crossplay. So we had some people with who were playing with, you know, like controllers on their like Xbox account or whatever. And we're not really sure if they were really playing on the PC at the time, but with their Xbox account with a controller. It's, it's weird. I, I, we weren't quite sure how that worked yet. In fact, I'm personally still not, con- you know, <laughs> not sure. I'm a, I'm a hunter main personally because just the jumping with the other characters drives me crazy. Um, uh, although I do appreciate the Warlock a little bit more this season and last season. Uh, but I'm always a Hunter main. And I like to play raids. I really enjoy playing raids. I think those are probably some of the most special 
activities in the game. Although this season, we've been doing quite a bit of Gambit. And I've been having a lot of fun in Gambit. And surprising, because I haven't had fun Gambit since I got my Dredgen title. After that grind, I just I had to take a break. Gambit yeah, is my that. favorite activity in the entire game. I Currently. It used to be Forges. Really? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I loved Forges so much. You could just turn brain off, turn tunes up, throw ball. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. But now with Gambit, it's still great because you just hang out with your friends and, and everyone has like their own thing they do, you know? Melvin the like, Boss is nice. really a lot of fun. Like, so that's I, true. I'm really enjoying Gambit this season too because of the new the fusion rifle buffs and the mod that you can get on the artifact that you can just like go to town and melt that boss. You get like 30% damage boost when you got that buff applied. Mm. Now what's y'all's favorite raids? It's, it's vault of glass, vault of glass and wrath of the machine. They're, they're one and two for me. Oh God. (laughs) Oh God. So is vault of glass your first raid you ever did? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Same with you. Same. <laughs> well, you know, Destiny was kind of like the first game that was more of a MMORPG that me and Shadow played. Oh, and it was kind of our first experience into. I mean, we yeah, we it was our first Halo. time ever raiding. We like, played Halo. Bit, yeah, but nothing Halo. like what a raid. Like, Firefights was probably the closest that we've gotten to raids. I feel like. Man. Halo is 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 beautiful, an amazing story, fantastic, good PvP, fun for the whole family, but it's not an MMO. You know <laughs> no. what I'm saying? Like, no, oh not, my god, dude. Not, okay, so it I have so much respect for the two of you, so much more now. Okay, like you are a hidden gem that I've always wanted to find, and now I have you in a room. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you're I'm not stuck in here with you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so Here's 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 my thing, right? I came from a Guild Wars one, World of Warcraft, and a, and a bit of Guild Wars two background, as well as like Black Desert and and Arc Age and a bunch of these other MMOs that I've tried out and stuff like that. Oh, wow. MMOs are like my family's thing. That's how we connected and stayed connected. So, did you play EverQuest at all? I never played EverQuest. <laughs> And honestly, I rarely played World of Warcraft because at the time, like, I couldn't afford it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because you needed the sub. Or even Ultima Online, remember? Like, that's like the OG, OG no, one. No, 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 oh. I don't play these old OGs, you know, they're no fun, no fun. They're trash. They're, they, were, they, were, they were good at the time. They were, they're beautiful. They were wonderful, like, set pieces. They're, they're time capsules for sure, but they're, but they're trash. Uh, but no, I played Guild Wars because you could buy it once and it's free forever, just like it is now, by the way. Guild Wars 2, there's the free trial, which is like almost the entire game. And then you just buy the expansions. And once you buy it, you have it forever. No subscription. Final Fantasy 14 is a lot of fun. Final Fantasy 14 is a great experience as well. But there is a subscription fee once you get past like a certain point. And Mm -hmm. the first bit is free, I believe. Uh, But then you have to buy the expansions as well as all the like, you know, cosmetic, whatever cash shop stuff you wanted to best, you know, the aesthetics that you wish to add. Uh, but honestly, for me, Final Fantasy 14 always put me to sleep. 
Really? Oh, yeah, okay. like I was like I'd nod off of my desk every time I play that for an hour. I'd try to play with friends constantly, but I just couldn't get through. That's how and, it was for Final Fantasy Eleven with me, for me. Yeah, it's just like something about it, man. Mm-hmm. It's like the UI. Everyone's just acting like hyper weeby, you know, like the extra head nods that you just don't need in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if y'all do y'all play Final Fantasy fourteen. I haven't yet. I haven't. Okay. I. You, like you, you said, should. I think you can do like up to level 60, right? For free? Yeah, you can play the entire, yeah, you can play like the entire first and maybe second stories as well as get you like to like level 60 or whatever, like you said. Like you get that shit for free, I think. Um, so yeah. you get like a solid, you know, solid chance to play the game without buying it. Mm, so I yeah. mean, it's, it's worth a shot. Like you should definitely try it. You might like I definitely it, want to jump in because I am a huge Final Fantasy fan. Like I man, love like the old Final Fantasies. But I'm telling you, Guild Wars Two. I hear good things about that too. You'll only hear good things about it. It's, <laughs> it's like it, that's one most people sleep on. It's just it, it's the highest value, like in terms of financials as well, because it's just you get the most out of your money. As well as time, as well as story. Story's amazing. A lot they, they share a lot of the same voice actors, Destiny and, and Guild Wars 2, by the really? way. Really? Yeah, oh, so wow. I'm sitting there playing with my with my brother or whatever, and I'm like, hey, hang on. Hold up, is that Hawthorne? Dog, wait. Is she about to tell me something about Lewis? <laughs> you know, oh my god, like, I was watching the Marvel uh Midnight Suns like gameplay reveal, and I could have sworn I heard Holiday, Amanda Holiday. And yeah. as one of the voice actors in that. They're very prolific. So, yeah. But oh man, trust me, Guild Wars 2 is definitely worth a shot if you want to try an MMO. But like I said, I came from an MMO background. That's how me and my family stayed together. <laughs> and so whenever I come across people who like, yeah, I never played, like Destiny was my first MMO. I'm like, that is so crazy. Because as Destiny goes, or as MMOs go, Destiny is so on its own such an island in the experience in the in the in the, in the game type yeah it's, it's finally it's like watching... starting to adopt mmo like like characteristics in a way yeah but it... like a little bit of crafting if yeah. okay if they really wanted to lean into it like hard they'd actually give it a player economy like an auction house the, hey that that's what trading. our buddy was saying trading like the, yeah. like last night we were playing with and I'm just like, yeah, I mean, they're going crafting route. So maybe trading would be next after we've, that. We've had a touch of crafting before in Destiny, a touch here and there, you know, yep. just a touch. Yeah, just a touch. I mean, I will see how, how much crafting we actually get now. Uh, we've got transmog now, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, I think that one came originally from World of Warcraft, but I could be wrong. Um, I think but, you're right. Yeah. But so. man. I got to ask yes. what games that are not destiny. Are you excited to play this coming fall and early next year? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I mostly just draw. <laughs> uh, Guild Wars two has a, a expansion coming out called uh, end of dragons. I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff that you've never asked for and you're not going to understand. Uh, it's, it takes place in Kantha. It's it's based off the old factions Guild Wars one expansion, and that's one of my favorite expansions the entire time. So that's. My biggest like so far thing that I'm really looking forward to, as well as obviously like 
Witch Queen in February and a li- just a bunch of little things, you know? What about Halo Infinite? <laughs> ah, I can live without that. <laughs> ah, you know, I mean, like, hey, it's just, it's Halo. Who gives a shit? <laughs> It's it's just Bungie's old game, you know. Yeah, that's I mean, it's, 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 it's fake Bungie. It's not even real Bungie anymore. It's that three four three guilty spark crap, man. No, I'll, I'll tell you this. I will. I'm looking. F- I'm so looking forward to the new Fable. I hope they do it well. I don't know when it's being. Oh released. yes, yes, yes. That yes. was my shit. I, oh, oh, I love Fable. Fable, Fable one. Fable I'm, one I'm, was so good. Yes, I'm oh. even like I'm. I'm even on board with. I liked two and three as well. It was good. Three was weird. <laughs> I honestly, I loved them all. Yeah. Loved them all. That that first one though, it just it was just so like iconic. Rough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you check and chase her. Yeah, <laughs> and and you, it's just you got to watch your character like change in front of you when you make good things and bad things. You know, the environment yeah. was really cool too. Yeah, like, and the, really the story, the style, all of it. Oh yeah. Now uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, um, soon, TM, uh, Riot plans on talking more about their MMO that they're making, which I don't know damn near anything about, except the fact that it's going to be somehow very. Uh, what do they say? Have you is it Battle Chasers? Have you all seen that that play the game Battle Chasers? I think it was called Battle Chasers Night War. What's up? Battle Chasers Night War? Is that the uh, word? I'm not sure, about? but it's, it's, it's a game. It's, it's not right or anything. It's, it's, it's its own thing. Right, right. It's a game. Uh, THQ Nordic, I believe, is the uh, publisher. Maybe. I've game. never played it, but apparently, like, I looked into it a little bit, but apparently that's kind of the style of the combat of this MMO. It's going oh, okay. con- like, to be a strange combination of, like, turn-based. And yep, I, I got gotcha. you. Like an open like, world. Kind of like isometric a little bit, too. Almost. Like kind too. of like Pokemon when you think about it. You know how you're running around Pokemon? Now you're talking Korn's language. <laughs> Probably. But like you're running around Pokemon, you're just you're little, little checking things out, looking, looking, looking through the little, going through the people's houses, talking to random people, getting them, to like convincing them to give you things. And then you go into fights and like it's turn-based. Like maybe that's the style that you're like for an MMO. That's crazy. Like people have been wanting a Pokemon MMO forever. Forever, mm-hmm. ever in a day. I still want a Pokemon. That'd be fantastic. Is, did, did you see that game called Doke V? They they showed is, it at Gamescom. Is that the it one looks where like, like it's like fake Pokemon, but with like AK forty sevens? Yeah, but it, it the graphics looks amazing though <laughs> in it. But it runs oh. at like less sub thirty frames per second. But <sighs> the world looks like yeah. I can't play things like that. <laughs> I get headaches, man. I can't I do it. Yeah. yeah, I was a I've been a PC gamer for so much longer than I was a console gamer. I hated playing Destiny 1 on console. I only did it because it was awesome. I didn't know any better. It's, it's okay. Uh, well, same. I until didn't we build our PCs. <laughs> Once we build our PCs and then we entered the world of 60 frames and higher, oh. and then we're like, oh, it just like opened up. <laughs> oh, this is what it's like. Oh, <laughs> you know, with MNK FPS games. Oh, I used to play mm. like, again, with my brother and my dad and stuff. We used to play like Unreal Tournament on PC yeah. for hours. An hour every fucking night. Nice. Anyway, are you? Do you like Nintendo? Are you a Nintendo fan? I love them all. I love them all. Nice. Every console. I'll even love Stadia if I get it. 
because I Stadia is so like it's it's like the thing that I've I've heard about Stadia is like Riot, for example. He used to love playing Trials on Stadia. Trials, Trials of uh, Cyrus. Yeah. Oh wow. He, he used to do his Trials runs on Stadia because like how you gotta hack Google. <laughs> that was his entire it's- reasoning, and it worked. No one, no one was cheating. But the issue with Stadia was that because just I guess their infrastructure, uh, if there's input lag. But he was okay oh, with yeah. it because, like, it's the same input lag that everyone had. No one had. Well, no, I take it back. If your internet was trash, your input lag was terrible. But if your if your internet was like, I guess, like, average, it was it was the same as everybody else. Now, if Stadia all, can crossplay with uh with consoles and PC now, right? They have crossplay. With well, with crossplay with Destiny too, yeah. But I mean, like, oh, okay. Stadia. I would love Stadia because all you would need is a Stadia account and a Stadia controller and your phone. And you could do it anywhere with Wi-Fi anywhere, like go into like a friggin cafeteria, go into a restaurant or whatever, put your phone down, put your headphones into your phone, get your controller out, you know, and you can play some destiny on the freaking restaurant. Have you tried X cloud yet? Have you had a chance? I have to not. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't either. I want to see how it is uh, versus Stadia. Did any of y'all have a PS Vita? I have two of them. Okay. Yeah, have like you played? Them. Have you played <laughs> Destiny on the PS Vita? I tried it once. Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> I did it, and it it's wasn't. So it wasn't too bad because I had like that little controller attachment, and I guess I had decent Wi-Fi at the time. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't tragic. I went to Colorado and I left my PS4 on at home, and I was like, just just in case I want to play some Destiny, and it and then the connection was decent it was i imagine that's what it's going to feel like on stadia i haven't played destiny 2 on stadia yet but i want to just so i can just you know plop that sucker in whenever i want you know now does that work with De- that works with destiny 1 too right if you want to use vita i don't know oh you like the vita it definitely yeah. works with destiny 2 um yeah, I yeah as long as you have it on your ps4 or playstation can't yeah, just be PS4. Yeah. Do, does vita work with ps5 i haven't tried it yet i don't know I haven't tried it in like two years. I haven't needed oh. to. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. Oh, we got an experiment coming up, and I'll uh, right a little bit of science, that. a little bit of science. Yeah. I want. I want to get Stadia. That's what I need. If I get Stadia, I'll let you know how that goes. Cool. I'll be like, all right, so, so <laughs> shout out. You know how the Vita works, right? You know how the Vita is, right? Okay, so <laughs> it's just it's just like that. It's just like that. But like, and that's what it way felt better. Like. It felt like playing Destiny 1 when I was playing Destiny 2, like when I was playing on the Vita. Like, yeah. <laughs> but maybe just a few frames below <laughs> that. Man. But it was playable. It was still was playable, I would say. I, 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 I miss the Vita cool. so much. Yeah. yeah you feel Vita's me? A, Vita's a cool system. Like, it's definitely one of those underappreciated ones, kind of like the Wii U was, basically. Right. The Vita, yeah. was it, it, it kind of set itself up for failure, though. It was not the best. Like it, it was Sony so set it, set it up for failure. Yes, yes, very much so. Yeah, Vita was way ahead of its time, but all of its shit was proprietary, and it was so awkward and, to make yeah. things for it. Yeah, the memory card that made it dead in the water to make it proper, just almost automatically. It was no. Yeah. Anyway, it was like two hundred dollars. It was like two hundred dollars for like a sixty-four gigabyte yeah. card. Yeah, apparently people made like a hack. Or like they, they 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 found a way to like what was it like fuck with a regular SD card and somehow made it work. I don't know. I never worked with them. I, I, I think just they bought, have like an I adapter caved. that you can buy. Yep, there's an adapter. Yep. There you go. And it's I did buy the adapter. 
It's like PS Vita to something, whatever. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> adapter. It goes in the game card slot. Dog, just give me a Game Shark, my guy. <laughs> oh, oh man. Way back. Way back it. in the Dizzy. No, they still game make Game Genie. Genie. How about Ooh, Game Genie? I own a Game Genie. Yeah. They still make Game Sharks, Twister, I think. I was just going to say it was for like the 3DS and stuff. Do you I mean, like the 3DS? Did you have a 3DS? Hell yeah. I got a 3DS X, XL. Badass. Nice. That's so are, are any of you excited about the upcoming Horizon Forbidden West? Well, you know what I am excited about? They actually did a 60 frames patch for uh, Horizon Zero Dawn now on PS5. So Ooh. I'm going to be installing that soon. I can't wait to game. I can't wait to play it on the PC. I th- I, it's just coming on the PC, right? Oh, it's already on PC. It's uh, there yep. you go. I remember it pissed a lot of people off. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Not yep, in like a yep. malicious way, but like, a, why are you mad about this kind of way? Yeah. yeah, I mean, the game was like, what, seven bucks on PlayStation? And then they made it like free as a PS Plus game. So it only made sense for it to come to PC and for them to make more money, you know, dude, like I, I want Bloodborne to come to PC so badly. Everybody wants Bloodborne to come to PC. Nah, everybody wants Bloodborne, too. That's for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, too. Give me blah. It's such a good world, you know? Piss me I off def- that Matt stopped d- doing Bloodborne lore. Jesus. I will play that game when they does get a 60 frames patch because it is hard <laughs> for me to play that game. Oh, hang on, Jay. Uh, apparently, and this, I had to tell this to everybody who played Bloodborne. They're like, oh my God, the input lag is crazy. It's got to be the frames. I'm like, it's actually not. There, there's a weird thing Bloodborne does that you actually have to go into like the settings of your, I can't, if it's either TV or PlayStation, one of the two. And you have to change it a bit to make the input lag actually like regular. And if you didn't do oh. that, if you didn't do that, you were playing handicapped, which is like, you know, power to you. But. All right. Well, I, I, I'm going to blow your mind with this. I yeah. just ordered a LG OLED C1 65 uh, inch uh, 4K 120 hertz TV. Oh. Uh, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sure there's some settings on there that I'll be able to optimize it to work, you know, well with uh, that game. I'm hoping yeah, it's 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 kind of bullshit that you had to do that. But, yeah. but oh, but OK, the story, the mechanics, everything about no, I, I love the world, so like the way it looks and everything. It reminds me of like a Castlevania, like a 3D castle, a good yes. 3D Castlevania. Yes, game. exactly. Yeah. Sorry. I, That's yeah, why I, I, I want to jump back in. That's why, man, we need that either that PC. Have you played Sekiro or, or Sekiro? I haven't yet, but I, I, I started it, it but I, I just got lost in destiny and hey, time. Hey, no, no shame. Okay. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at bet mgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. But like, Bloodborne was crazy because it's it, people from who played Dark Souls went into Bloodborne and they were they were so scared and people from Dark Souls had had shields and cool stuff and they could block and so, in Bloodborne they gave you a cardboard a wet cardboard shield for memes <laughs> they, they, they the whole thing was they they wanted you to be aggressive and just go in there and it didn't don't care if you're being attacked attack back attack faster you know and so with Sekiro. That one, that 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 combat is a dance. It's really cool to play. It's really cool to watch. So you must be excited about Elden Ring then. <laughs> Hell yes! Oh my god, I am too. That that game looks beautiful. Oh my god, <sighs> it looks so good. I mean, I'm 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 too hyped for words. I I, sh- I don't feel sick anymore, aside from my no- nasally voice, just because <laughs> I'm thinking about Elden Ring. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> So that's one. That's that's a game you're looking forward to. There we go. Elden Ring. Yes, another game. Yes, exactly. There you go. Definitely. <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm excited for the Pokemon games that are coming out. Naturally, oh. Arceus, right? Legend Arceus. Uh, yes, Arceus. It's, it's, it's both, both of them. Legend both of Arceus. Remember. Yeah, Legend of Arceus, and then there's the Diamond and Pearl remake or something like that. Yeah, I'm definitely on the Legend Arceus one because it's open world. And I'm getting like, both. I'm getting yeah, it's turn based, and, and I'm a fan of both of those. There's that. a stealth like, system. Yeah, freaking Dark Souls dodge rolling. Hunter mains should enjoy that. Especially with Radiant Dance Machine. Oh wait, there you just got nerfed. That's right. <laughs> I haven't gotten them yet either. So ah, oh, Requiem's got them, Pache. <laughs> But yeah, I'm excited for that too. Like, and I'm not a Pokemon fan, but I like what I see from it. You know. Oh man. Yeah. It's uh, lots of good games to be excited for, and of course we have the new OLED TVs. Shadow Price is probably really excited about that. Oh my god! Getting his so OLED excited. TV, getting his bread. Mm-hmm. See, it's like I have a Samsung TV that's a 120 hertz. It's a QLED, but like some kind of torn. Do I need an OLED? Because I'm kind of almost there. If it's I in your it. budget. I, I mean, need it because right? uh, I, I noticed my TV was too small for my room size and it's a dark room and OLEDs work in, well in dark rooms. That's the excuse. It was too OLED's dark. OLED's the one with like the <laughs> true black, right? Yes. Like it's not that weird uh, navy off black. Yep. It's got those rich colors. Yep, the rich color palette and uh you have true blacks. Yep. So Gamma Trap, what is next for you? Sleep, probably. <laughs> Meds and sleep. <laughs> uh let's see. Right now I'm working on the cinematics of a game called Severed Steel. Oh, very cool. It's uh, yeah. supposed to be released on the 17th of September. <laughs> okay. I finished the key art for it. Yes, very soon. I finished the key art for it, and uh, they released it, so it's like, like a big old secret. Um, what is, uh, platforms is that game coming to? Eventually, all of them. Oh. At the moment, oh, though, I think okay. the first release will be Steam. 
I, it might be released on all of them all at once, but I know the first one is at least on Steam. Okay. But I'm making these cinematics to be 4K, 60 frames, because Xbox One, PS5, etc. Or Xbox One, what, X? Or what's it called? Series, Series X? X? Yeah, I know the names, right? For Xbox. I'm like... The Xbox is gonna be weird with their names, man. It's like, okay, the Xbox One, you got it, X Bone. No, no, I mean, I meant the Xbox One X. Okay, the Xbox. True, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were pissed about that, but yeah, X, the Series X. So I'm making this shit next gen. Ugh. So that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, after I'm done with that, I got to work on a thing for. I can't talk about it. Uh, then after that, I can work. <laughs> then after that, I can work on a thing for Mylan, a uh, big old project, like a celebratory thing because he did. Yeah. Okay. So if I don't know if any of y'all, do y'all like to do solo flawless prophecy runs or not prophecy, uh, dungeon runs? I I, att- I attempted one, but it didn't it didn't go well. <laughs> okay. So Matt, Matt it plays destiny like i play destiny or he he played destiny like i play destiny barely stick your feet in you're more about the world you're more about the story you play a bit with your friends but that's about it now because he's done with his phd I'm talking about mylan by the way for those matt mylan same person yeah now that he's done with his phd he's devoting all of his time and his work and energy into streaming and and having fun with his community and all that stuff so he kind of delved deep he like he put he put the nose plugs in and he just jumped in the waters of destiny and he started just going hardcore with shit and now he does hardcore solo activities constantly and that's his favorite thing now in the entire it just just making the perfect build on every character and he he made what's called like the Mylan challenge and that's where you set up a the armor and weapon loadout uh for each of your class each class character your titan warlock and hunter and you solo all of the dungeons flawless you solo flawless all the dungeons without changing your loadout wow that's pretty hardcore yeah so we're com- so i'm making a commemorative pieces for his we already finished his hunter but i gotta do his titan and his warlock so that's, that's really cool so it's severed steel secret project myelin and try and i'm not taking any other jobs after that because i've got i still have some stuff for like th- three of my buddies who've been okay one of my buddies uh has been waiting for like five years for peace so i'm not taking any more jobs so i can finish all this extra shit that i've been making these poor people wait for mm-hmm. <laughs> And Maybe hopefully five years. Hell yeah. <laughs> wow. You're a See, good friend. I like well, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, a, there's an interesting reason, right? When people first ask me for work, like commissions and stuff, I always have to ask like, Hey, is this, does this have a deadline? <laughs> Cause if the answer is no, then they have, then they constantly are presented with a choice. Do I pressure gamma into hopefully getting it done? If he if he has if he can't push it back because he has things with deadlines, or do I just kind of invest that piece because he constantly works, he's constantly practicing. Five years ago, if I did this job for this this buddy of mine, it would probably look like trash compared to what it's going to look like now when I finish it. 
Oh, so that's why you waited the five years. Like, let me. Uh, yeah, he doesn't mind at more. all. I mean, he he, he minds. <laughs> he bothers yeah. me about it all the time. But because uh, I'm gonna be so much <laughs> better in five years, just think yeah, about like, it. <laughs> yeah, no. He, he he. Every time I finish a piece, it's like, hey, hey, hey. Yes, it's getting better. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's not bad. Plus, I've got this extra side project with my uh, with my brother and these friends of ours called Mortis Maledictum, and that's a horror stories thing. Oh. Very cool. So that's what I've been up to. That sounds pretty cool. And now I'm curious. We yes. have the new season of The Lost that is now live. We all had a chance to kind of play, dab a little bit, and play through some of the content. What do you all think about the new season of the lost and the new content that we have thus far. I'm enjoying the, the, the new seasonal activity. It was, it's almost perfect to me, but I can't complain. I love the dreaming city. It's my favorite zone in the entire destiny Two. Um, I fucking loved it blind well just by itself without actually having to get teleported outside. But I mean, nothing wrong with touching grass, right? Nice <laughs> that they have some sort of matchmaking now. Yeah, able, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back then, it was just like whoever walked in. Back in yeah. the old blind well days, but I know it's like you had to wait for people. Like, okay, if they had matchmaking in blind well. That changed the freaking game for sure. It would have definitely <sighs> just like how the matchmaking for forges and just yet AFK fuckers. <sighs> <laughs> anyway but yeah season activity is really nice really fun keeping people on their toes a bit it's it's easy to kind of just lose yourself doing the seasonal activities what was your favorite season okay i hear this constantly now oh man bring back menagerie menagerie was the best what was y'all's favorite seasonal activity in destiny 2 can or uh i yeah that's right there is none in destiny 1 I, i'm just gonna say i want if I, it's not a seasonal activity but i, I like prison of elders like that that's what I that's what I would like in Destiny too. And I know I'm just kind of cheating with that answer, but a little bit, little little yeah, you, the yeah. Court of Warwick's that was good times, man. Prison <laughs> yeah, of Elders, man. I loved it. it Archon's great. Forge that shit. That's what I want. <laughs> Archon's Forge was cool too. That yeah. was I loved it. I I personally like the menagerie. I don't know. Like I thought the menagerie was a really fun end game activity it felt like end game right and i think that's maybe why a lot of people really enjoyed it other than that like dungeons the prophecy dungeon um the dungeon that gave us the what is that sniper rifle shit beloved oh you mean whisper the worm the, the whisper um, the whisper mission. the whisper mission yeah kind of like a you dungeon, know what else yeah. you know what else i really enjoyed those now, are secret missions unpopular unpopular opinion probably but i really enjoyed that naobi labs i thought that was really unique oh, oh the puzzles uh, and the, the secret stuff implement, yeah the implementation was Hell a little bit off. Yes. it could have been better but overall like if they tweak I mean, it, it was a make cool it concept bit, for sure it was I a mean, great concept yeah whenever the community comes together to try and solve a puzzle is when destiny's at peak destiny sundial shit was fucking awesome <laughs> ah, it, it pleases me to like to not a small extent 
because I didn't do any of that shit. I just watched it on the sidelines. I saw a bunch of people losing sleep over trying to solve this sundial hexagon thing, right? And then they did it, and they got oh, bashed. Oh, quarters of time, right? Yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, quarters yeah. of time thing. And they got yeah. it, and they got bashed, and they're like, oh, I was hoping for that cool sword. Oh, I guess bashing them. We were gonna get it anyway, but then I just mean, came to us now. There was I guess. also the cool thing behind it where we saw like our grave or something, right? Like Yeah, it was a cool story. It was a really yeah. awesome activity. It's not like it was a bad activity. And no, it was end, a very cool concept because it got everybody in the community like you know yeah. working together. That was know, the so. best part. You yeah. know, like you didn't need to do all that shit. <laughs> we we're gonna get Bastion anyway. But the fact that they gave us the option to do all that shit and got Bastion early, that's pretty fucking cool. But I loved it because I watched and I and I was like cheering my my buddies on, my friends and the community on. And I was like, you know, I wouldn't I wasn't helping at all. I was just drawing shit and I was just fucking around. But they were having a great time and they were they were busting their head against this wall trying to get this thing done. And that they finally got it done. They were a little upset, a little let down, had a good time, good time, good memories. But then I went over to Rahul and just bought Bastion with like the thing. And I was it's like, almost like a, it's almost like a Christmas story. Don't forget to drink your oval team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. You got to solve the code. Don't yeah. forget to drink your oval team. Oval team. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I was supposed to help save the world. Yeah, that's, that's what is exactly a perfect, like, you know, um, analogy for that. But that and Iobi labs, like there was a secret. It was a secret that they put there. It's like like the uh, the Warmind Javelin, the IRL one they hid. Oh, yeah. You know, that's right down the road from where I live. So it's pretty You cool. could have had it. Oh, I bet that freaking bugs you all the time. <laughs> I know. If I would have just took that short trip to Albany. I know, right? Shit! <laughs> <laughs> put that on your special shelf. Oh. I know. But, yeah, I love when they do puzzles and shit. And it makes you think... How yeah. many the community actually missed? <clears throat> like, oh, yeah, the uh, nuclear banana saying the wrath of the machine puzzle, the one for. Um, uh, oh, you know, open those Prime. shit, those, those things. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. The reading the. Uh, was that uh, the first one they did? That wasn't the first one they did, was it? Like puzzles. Uh, was it the first one they did? Because the first that, really big puzzle, I think they did. Yeah. I think it, I'm trying to think. I mean, there yeah. was some stuff on like the what the dreadnought, like the the court, the basketball court. That well, they I had. mean, there was there was secret shit the entire game, but like the I think the first. No, I think Vogue, I think Vault of Glass had some secret shit. Then they have like hidden chests that you had to like jump around and hide and, and find weird shit to get to. But it wasn't like a puzzle puzzle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had one like. That one, yeah, you had to go in a certain, but it wasn't where you had to stand at a certain location or anything like that. But it, oh yeah, you you couldn't have the Templar teleport, yeah, to get that chest, yeah. So it was that kind it was, of. It was kind. It was kind of cool. It was, but that's more Easter egg than like a puzzle, right? Yeah. But like Naomi Labs, you have to look through the the fucking thing, you know, through the little scope deal of each in each individual little weapon thing, and you're like, oh, okay, so there's that, there's that, you know. If they did that right, that'd been the coolest fucking thing. Well, just get ready for Witch Queen, because I'm sure there's going to be a few like a big, big ass puzzle in that. Too, I hope sure. I hope to God there is. But man, yeah. you never know. It's a gift. You know, what do you both think about the story in seasons so far. This season, I like it. I like it a lot. 
there's a conundrum um, with whether Sekiro is actually dead. Which is Osiris's ghost, by the way. I don't, I don't, I haven't kept completely up with it, but last time I checked was like last week or something like that. They're pretty sure Sagira is actually dead, but we don't know because Osiris has actually been Savathun ever since he came to the tower or whatever, ever, ever since we found Crow, you know, that last couple seasons or whatever. He's been Savathun that whole time. The, the entire time he hasn't had his ghost, he's been Savathun, which makes you think is. He, is Savathun like keeping Sagira hostage? Is she using Sagira as a way to get inside and possess Osiris? Is she is Osiris an illusion, and she's keeping Osiris somewhere else with Sagira? Is this, I mean, like you know, you don't know. That's a big that, that's that's a big conundrum at the moment. I, I like Marasov back, like in the center of the season too, because I think she's a very strong character uh, in Destiny. So, I I would love to see more of her handling the whole crow situation but she's always kind of like didn't give a shit about crow the entire time in destiny one anyway <laughs> yeah it, it seemed way away right <laughs> yeah yeah she, to her because like when you think about storyline mara mara from the books mara from the pages you could say mara, mara from the block <laughs> yeah mara is uh is sort of a cosmic being at this point. So ever since we first met her back in D1, she was a cosmic being. A demigod, you could say. Because she was, I believe... She was the first of her kind, basically. Yeah, and she even let people yeah. believe that they were the first of their kind at for yeah. whatever fucking reason. Uh, but... That was what it meant to be awoken, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, that she, was, she was outside when the Awoken were formed and they were, they were formed from a ship. There was a singularity that happened when the darkness and the traveler exploded and shit like that out back when the Awoken weren't Awoken yet. They were just humans. They were outside the ship when the darkness came to the system and like the traveler exploded, making ghosts and all that shit. And the collision out in space caused a singularity. And she was outside of the ship tethered to the ship because she wanted to like experience it as raw as possible. She wanted to get like raw dogged by this, by the universe. So she dropped, she just jumped out of the ship with a little with a line and like a suit and everyone else is inside. And so she got hit with the full brunt of the thing, which I guess turned her into like a bit of a cosmic being, but she always looked at Aldrin. Like, I guess he's like, maybe a lesser, uh, a lesser like, uh, sibling. <laughs> like, I guess he's my brother. Yeah, exactly. we're not even on the same playing field, man. So exactly. She's a cosmic being. She has cosmic powers and things like that. And, you know, he kind of got the uh, the shit end of the deal. <laughs> yeah. But. He's the one that got sent on all the missions and things like that, all the grunt like things. Yeah, but he had, he had the aptitude to do that, too. But oh, hey, Nukes yeah. actually in chat. I, mean, I just I just pulled up the switch, the thing, the Twitch thing and I see new. Hey, buddy. Uh, the nine thing. Uh, people are saying they think Sabathun has been nine, the nine the whole time, but I don't see that. Oh, that would be uh, quite the twist. I I, I don't think uh, there's good twists and bad twists, and they'd have to really play it off correctly if they want that to be a good twist. Yeah, I just don't see the Sabathun being the nine thing a really good twist. I wish. I think like I, I it'd be awesome. No, I think Bungie's got a lot more in store 
for, oh, for sure. Like, I think it'd be awesome yeah. if, if we could have like the nine we assumed it to be like cosmic beings, like, you know, the right. nine planets of the solar system or whatever. And each one is like has its own soul and like a parallel universe. And right. All that shit like that'd be cool. We know there's going to be quite, quite the uh, um, end of season climax, you know, for what's going to lead into the Witch Queen. You know, how is she, you know, that's definitely going to happen at the end of this season. Something. uh, Do you have like a crazy bet? Like, okay, how crazy would it be if at the end of the Witch Queen thing going into Beyond Light or not Beyond uh, Lightfall? Like, do you have any like crazy like. What, what 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 would happen? How do we beat Savathun? What would happen after we beat Savathun? The power vacuum. I mean, well, weird... the, well, the cool thing is, is I don't think we're gonna actually beat her in like the beginning, like in that first season of the Witch Queen. Like that's the whole idea of her. You know, she's getting to know us. We're getting to know her, but she's you <laughs> know she we're like right we're right there. We're interacting with her, basically. Um. But with her being the master manipulator that she is and, you know, uh, very cunning and devious and, you know, she's she knows exactly what she's doing and we're playing right into her hand. Well, so did Oryx. Right. But she I mean, seems like 10 times more smart than Oryx. <laughs> she's way smart. more smarter. <laughs> exactly. But like, yeah, my point is, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to kill her. Not sure, sure. No, I don't know for sure. Obviously, I definitely don't think we're gonna kill her in the first se- uh, in the campaign. The no, hell no. Yeah, no. But uh, like, if I had my druthers, um, we would have a campaign where we got introduced to the shit. We got introduced to the hive guardians. We got introduced to this new explorable zone, the new ascendant realm, like the dreadnought, but hers, which is like a swamp, whatever. Oh, I got a theory actually. Oh, what's Wait. Up? Um, I think like when we go in there and everything, it's going to be like a whole, you know, if you played the Mega Man games with Dr. Wily, how he takes like on so many forms and things like that, like she's going to have a pocket dimension inside her throne world like that. She'll pocket be dimension inside a pocket dimension. Exactly. That she'll be able to escape into when Put we get two so bag close of holdings to, into each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a feeling like something like that's going to happen. Maybe uh, it would be cool. I think it'd be cool if the nine sort of revealed themselves and like swallowed Savathun up or some crazy shit. And the nine ended up being our enemies in Lightfall. Ooh, that'd be sweet. I would take that. I would accept that wholeheartedly. That'd be so cool. So the nine are like agents of the darkness. Then you, like you would be well saying, right? they would they would be more like because you know after lightfall is the final shape right right well the final shape is based off of the law of entropy the heat death of the universe which is what the darkness is trying to get the entire time right they're trying to achieve the final shape yeah you can't yeah. you can't change past that point that's death you can't come back <laughs> you can't do anything past that point that's that's mm-hmm. destroying all the stars, destroying all life. Once you get that, that's your final shape. I could see them being agents of the final shape in a sense, sort of like the laws of the universe dictate that be how it's supposed to be. But I don't know if like they're really like, you know, ages of darkness per se, but who knows? 
you know, it, it comes back down to the winnower and my the God, gardener. Has, has Zer been? The, has he been like with the darkness all this time? Just <laughs> yeah. like. <laughs> well, I always knew that squid Billy bitch is just—he's just looking at me weird, man, with his calamari face. I'm like, fuck off! <laughs> What's in your backpack? <laughs> Give me your galahorn. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool if he was like a raid boss. <laughs> I, I love the fact that they're bringing Galahorn back. Everyone hates it. Everyone loves it at the same time. Oh, I love it. I love it. I it's wanted just... to come back, and I wanted it to be worthless, like a paperweight. Like, I wanted to technically shoot rockets, just technically, though. <laughs> I don't want it to be anywhere near as cool as it was back in the day. I want, or, or technically, no, I want it to be exactly the same as it was back in the day in D1. But, like, I wanted to try and, like, hold up against the current, like, Eyes of Tomorrow or whatever. <laughs> you know, what was what's that other one? Deathbringer or whatever? Yep, Deathbringer. I've been using that one. Yeah. Recently. It's I like mean, firing let, let a, it, a Nova bomb from your rocket. <laughs> yeah, it's like let it let it hold up on its own against these other ones, and like you know, just just it's, it's good to have, I guess. Just give it's the people. The, it's the most iconic weapon in Destiny. Like, yeah, give the people what they want. Yeah, yeah. So, what do y'all what do y'all think about the crucible? Uh, I know we have Iron Banner this week. It's better. It's gotten <laughs> it's gotten better. It's gotten better. Oh, oh, it feels oh. like it's gotten better. Boy, oh boy, feels like I, currently. I fucking love it. It's great. I, yeah. but I don't complain about dumb PvP shit. <laughs> Personally, I want it to be its own game. I want it to be cut off and and you could like the accounts are connected. Like personally, so just just not because I don't like it. I love it. I want it to be respected. I want the crucible like this, the end fucking result. Currently, currently, seasonal lost. Currently, with 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 battle line all that stuff, great. It's awesome. It's fun. People bitching about linear fusion rifles, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay, whatever. Arbalist, enjoy that. But power boost because you get the cool little tag thing on the new the new driver and whatever it's called. It just, it sounds badass. Plays badass. Really fun. Vex mythic class is just kicking ass, doing its thing. Just just have a good time. Quit bitch and have a good just 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 have fun. But but final shape, the crucible personal opinion. I want it to be a standalone thing that has a connected account. Because I want it to be in its own sandbox that can be easily balanced or balanced without fucking with the PVE side of things. Do you because think it'll it, be standalone after the final shape since like I don't know. Destiny's gonna evolve into something else after the final shape I and hope then to matter God, will be out almost yeah. by that time too i don't i don't think matter will be destiny related though i hope it is yeah i hope i hope <laughs> i hope it's a play on words because i hope it is the, it'd be funny if it was the crucible extension yeah, yeah. Yeah. because but but like, look guys i told you it mattered <laughs> but like you know but i want it to be a standalone thing to where they could be easily balanced and it could have like actual ladders, actual PVP, like ranks like Halo, and, like Halo, like League of Legends, mm -hmm. you know, just I don't know if you'll play that, but like it just like real ranks to really climb ease more, much easier balanced. I want there to be like it'd be really cool if they made a very interesting game mode where everyone had access to the same shit and they just, you know, slight changes to make it more your own. Yeah, like, I would. And it's. That's I would what love I that. Yeah. 
Yeah. But again, like a lot of my friends are PvP sweats. So I want them to succeed because that shit's so hype. I love watching people do trials. I love what like I'll, I'll play it. I don't mind. It's fun, but I love watching it. Because like people who devote a lot of time and into practice and skill of like map awareness and team fights and shit like that. Oh, like, yeah. As far as gunplay goes, Destiny is one of the most uh, the most forgiving non skill based <laughs> Like mm-hmm. PB, like like FPS out there, I, I say that it, it, there's way worse ones. But like Destiny is not, Destiny is not Valorant. Destiny is not Apex. You know, it's it's very forgiving. But right. the maps, you know, you need map awareness and you need to because the, the supers are still a thing. You know, we're still guardians. We still have cool, crazy abilities. So when you combine all those things together, you have to have your own practice of, of, a, of a certain skill set. You're not learning how to play, play Apex. You're not learning how to play Valorant. You're not how to play Destiny. So I love when people practice really hard and are really good at playing Destiny in PvP. I love watching that shit. So I yeah. want to see them succeed in like a really, really well thriving, balanced, which will never be fully balanced, but like easier to balance and easier to like move I like, around. I, I like that idea. I do. I really do. I like that. And I hope they do that too, because I would like to have like a true rank system. Yeah. In Destiny and be able to like, you know, the weapons load out, you know, everybody gets those weapons kind of like how Halo or Call of Duty is or something, you know, like, yeah. What is, what is a Destiny to final shape look like? To both of you oh we're jumping way ahead now huh <laughs> mine's thankfully we already kind of touched base on what my final shape of destiny 2 would be mine would it would lean heavy into an mmo i want there to be like player economy player housing where you can hang your trophies and customize your shit maybe you want your player housing maybe you want your play, your character's apartment to be in the hangar with like the ships and shit overhead and with like bulkheads and crazy shit. Maybe you want it to be like in the city with like hanging plants outside and you want a little Vex head hanging on your wall or whatever, you know, I we want talked about that. having like apartments, like yeah. where you can hang your trophies up and like things like that. Yeah. Player housing is badass. Invite a player to over. It's, it's your own little instance. And then there's also trading, you know, and it would have to probably fall in line with like how other MMOs do it with raids and in and, and grandmasters and whatever else hard skill things there's there's some items that are bound to your account that you cannot trade because they're like you know very special uh but almost everything else you could probably trade unless you bind it like once you equip it it's yours forever and whoever like like how world of warcraft does it that's a great system i love that system that's fantastic uh then there's the auction house of possibility you know like you farm out <sighs> Right now, our maps don't do shit. Remember in Destiny One, <laughs> you had to get enough spinfall to like to, to to level up like your guns and shit. That was cool. I wouldn't like there to be like a real crafting system. So hopefully that's what they're gonna bring out in this next Witch Queen thing, like a real crafting system. That'd be cool. Like give us professions, man. I want to be a shipwright. <laughs> I want, you know, I want to make buffs to make people's sparrows go faster, or I want to make buffs like a blacksmith or whatever, or a gunsmith. I want to be able to like get stuff from the world and create items. Jobs, yeah, that would be pretty. Yeah, cool. professions, and and then make yeah. things that buff that, like you know your your friend's solar damage for half an hour, or whatever for like raids and stuff. That'd be cool. Be badass. So 
my final shape of Destiny 2 would it would lean heavier into an MMO. And then it would also have the PvP thing with like an actually good and respected PvP scene. Yeah. How about you, Shadow? <laughs> what about you, um, Jay? Yeah, I do like that. I do like that idea too. Um Obviously, it'd be a wrap-up of the Light and Darkness saga, so they'd have to tell a pretty wicked story, too. Oh, yeah, the story, too, I guess, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, no, you're right. That that would be a good way to, like... I mean, but how... Would the game live after that, in that sense? Like, if it was... If it did evolve into an MMO, an actual MMO, would it live in that environment, like, after, you know, the final shape? and everything would they leave it in that kind of state of an mmo it almost kind of makes sense that maybe it would you know like kind of like its own little um you know uh microcosm type yeah it's thing. it's currently for the past like seven years been its own evolving world which is very typical for mmos very typical because you don't want things to be too stale you want to be things to be stagnant you got to change things up got to shake it up for the story shake it up for the players but whenever you have a um, any kind of lull, any kind of downtime, typically speaking, and I, <laughs> I often disagree with people on this just to fuck with them, but I do kind of agree that PvP carries a lot of the stagnation. So, like, not like oh, it's it's stale, but I mean, like when when the game is stagnant, people can still play PvP. You know, yeah. So yeah, I did that a lot in D one too, actually, as well. Yeah. So if you get a thriving PvP scene, you can take your time with the PVE stuff. You can take your time. You can you can you make the 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 world of the destiny. You can make that whole thing however you want it. You don't you maybe little patches from here and there, maybe little updates if you want. But after your final shape, if you get the PvP scene as solid as it can be. You could just relax. You could just take your time and make the PVE stuff good. Solid, not too much, but you know, good, decent. So I mean, I think it can live just fine. Like an like if you get the PVP stuff down after final after final shape, you probably you probably win yourself like another like 10 years max if you don't touch it too much more if you touch it like as you've been touching it so far you as in bungee (laughs) (laughs) yeah um you don't think like the darkness would like win and they would like blow up our you know solar system and then we'd have to go to a different solar system or something like after that (laughs) okay so i i've i've got two theories Right. If you ever, if you ever want to shake the fuck up out of the entire universe, you've got a couple of options. One, you have factions, not like the shitty factions we've had. <laughs> new, new monarchy, here's your war cult. But I mean, light guardians, dark guardians, They're like a war. Mm, OK, that's that's how you can. Fu- <laughs> that's how you can shake shit up for sure. You You make. You, you spend a little bit extra time, right? An entire expansion is just you, you, you make mirror social hubs for the tower and all these other places. And these are the other alliances ports of call social spaces. 
the dark guardians need to have like their underbelly, you know, place where they can do their shit. It's because they're, they won't be welcome in the tower, you know? And there would be maybe, um, I don't know, maybe like open world PVP. I'm <laughs> just saying. Like if, you want, if you want to shake shit up, you got so many options. Then you also do have the option of, I would love it. I would love it so much in a very bad way. <laughs> if for whatever reason we did, like Earth was fucked and we had to go and we turned into what like the Elixni are and we had to rely on the Elixni because it's not their first rodeo when the Traveler fucked off. And they had to follow it to a different solar system. Yeah. And we'd group up and we'd probably have playable Fallen at that point. Like how yeah. we could play the elites in Halo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that and we would a, go to a whole new solar system and we'd fuck around on those planets and shit. I don't feel. Yeah. I mean, that has the, you know, has a chance of happening. You know, you know, you never know. I mean, we don't know what we're up against with with the darkness. You know, there's so many elements of the darkness. I feel like you know, it's like we're just scratching the surface right now. Oh yeah. See, I envision a future of destiny in the final shape to be where Bungie combines the past of destiny and the future that we'll be playing with the next major expansions and it will find a way to recreate the content each week to make it unique, whether, you know, one week we're fighting the darkness, another week we're fighting the light, or if there's two versions of whatever activities, we're going to get back all of the raids from the past. We're going to get back that meaningful endgame content with some spins and surprises. A lot of Crucible maps will probably come back. I think ultimately they want to make Destiny into a self-sustaining, living, breathing world that can operate. I don't want to say an autopilot, but for the most part, it can operate on its own with the content that it has. And I think like, that's yeah, like what, a time loop, right? Exactly. Can you know, and I think that from a story narrative perspective, a lot of things that wouldn't be possible are going to happen because perhaps certain characters that we're going to either meet or learn about in the future will have abilities that maybe allow for things from the past to come back or for to allow for us to go into the future or the past. I think that could be a really interesting concept. And a lot of things are going to become possible, you know, and maybe one season, you know, one bit of content will come back, another season, another a uh, bit of content will be returning. Oh, so, so it's going to be like, oh no, I don't want to say that, but I didn't want to spoil any a movie for anybody, but like have some sort of time tra uh, travel where we, you know, we lost and then we have to go travel back to try well, to... Like, that's Savathun's whole trick. Yeah. Murder battery. That's the yeah. curse of the Dreaming City. It, it has to relive its week constantly or weeks, its month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be so, a cool trick. Yeah, I with the whole with the Destiny content vault, the fucking DCV end mm -hmm. result. It'd be fantastic if they if they bring everything up to date, all that content somehow. If they have like a team, 
just chill, still just chilling there in the studio, just like chewing on this stuff. <laughs> it's just like, all right, well, let's work on uh, Venus today, I guess, you know, just, just over the years and just eventually bring all of it up from D1 up to the quality and standard of D2 and then put it all in the Destiny Vault and let us choose what planets we have available because like they want to re they want to allocate those sources because they don't want to like take up all the space on someone's console right but if if you don't want any other games in your console you'd be like yeah i've got like you know a terabyte or whatever so yeah i'll download venus i'll download io i'll do you know from the vault that'd be cool or uh, different campaigns even that'd be sick yeah no that'd be really cool so if you had the space, you could have all of Destiny 1 and 2. Can we get space battles, too? Would that, be, that would be something. I would you have like. to go play Halo Reach for that. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you would just up and say something like that. <laughs> I know, right? The blasphemy. <laughs> what do you think this is? 343 Guilty <laughs> Shame on you. That's it. You're banned. <laughs> so, Shadow Price. What's happening with this week's Bungie weekly update? Well, not as much as uh, past week's <laughs> weekly update. Um, it, it's uh, basically it's another twab. They said uh, it's leading. Uh, we're in the season of Lost, obviously, and uh, we, they said uh, in the big Destiny Two showcase that we had last week. I hope everybody's uh, enjoyed watching that, and everybody's gotten a good taste of what we're looking at in the witch queen. And uh, they said, it's going to be a lighter twab this week. It says, since the season is live and uh, they said, they're going to let the game do the talking. Um, they said the week two season of the lost is on now underway and spoiler alert, there's a new boss awaiting you in the astral alignment activity and a new area to visit in the shattered realm. The queen of her lies herself sat as a thune is encased in her crystal sleeping bag, but it's still whispering in your ear when you visit. She made her case at the start of the season. Was it convincing? Did you buy it? Maybe just a little. And there's a nice trailer uh, below that uh, shows you some of the uh, the cool cutscenes that we've been getting in in game right now. And I, yeah, I really, I really like them. I think they're really cool, and it really is help uh, helping the narrative, uh, guiding the narrative this season. Um. So have you guys uh, had a chance to play the both the intro missions yet for this uh, season? Or we meet Sabathun? Uh, yeah. I have. Uh, I'm I'm OK. <laughs> My personal problem. I'm stuck. I can't find Petra. Oh, it can't find Petra. Yeah, it's like in the uh, in the helm. Help? Maybe. I mean, I'm saying it's my, my it could be bugged or whatever. Like it's like it. It's like pointing me to the no, freaking to you. It's it could be me completely. It can't be bugged. Uh, okay. There's no bugs we'll, in this we'll, game we'll for sure. You. Yeah, there's no bugs. That doesn't happen. Not in Destiny. And it uh, could be a soft lock, whatever. Maybe do you just, see the portal to go? Are you able to go through the portal? Let's talk to Mara. Sure. Um, no, not Petra. I think is you talk to her inside the um, in the helm in that wing. Once you've done some, uh, you know, part of the intro mission. Yeah. And I think she shows up on that hologram thing, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Next to the the little, like, your artifact, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's not showing up for me. Really? I'm on oh, this wait, step. She... 
I've been on that step this whole freaking oh, time. Oh, must be bugged. Yeah, because it's not showing up for one of our friends, too. I can, so I'm I sitting here like, where that. the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where my... <laughs> my mom always told me I was special, man. <laughs> I just didn't want to find out this way. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess maybe maybe I have to try on a different character. So far, I've only tried on my warlock. I might just bring my, my hunter up to code and... Uh, see if i can talk to petra that way i don't know yeah that always works but that's that's where i'm at at the uh the quest line so far kind of soft locked a bit yeah i think um i'm up to this week's content i think we me and shadow price played uh last week we got through last week's content i really enjoyed it it was really cool to see sabathun show herself and uh a lot of story is unfolding in a really cool way and i think that it's gonna lead up to the witch queen in a really interesting way that we haven't really seen before think the event that took place in the tower right or perhaps an end game activity that results from a secret mission like one of the dungeons or the uh what is that we talked about it earlier today. Um, the Naobi Labs quest. Things gonna be a puzzle. We're gonna get some, yeah, the puzzle. We're mm. gonna get something interesting. A long season, so they can. Yeah, it's gonna be a long That's season. True. Yeah, yeah. In all the time lot. in the world. Yep, because I mean they're gonna bring the 30th anniversary stuff like halfway in the season. So people were really convinced there was gonna be like a Halo crossover thing. Y'all hear about what? that? Well, there is going to be some bungee-themed uh, ornaments, I believe, yeah. um, and things like that. Um, I don't know how crossover they're going to get with it. Have they told us everything about it? Um, I don't know. Yeah, they could, you know, they could slide a few surprises in there. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, It'd be cool. If they gave like a Spartan armor set. Yeah, that would. Yeah, that would be dope. Definitely. Like I was thinking like the uh the, the magnum that you get in Halo One, like uh-huh. an ornament for the that that would be pretty cool. You can put it on one of your Hell yeah, uh, cool. sidearms or hand cannons and it becomes uh, like a, yeah. just, Oh man, I know the assault rifle. I love that way more than the gun. The yeah, little, yeah. Little, yeah. little pistol. Yeah. That assault rifle is more iconic to me personally. Oh, and yeah. it'd be so cool if it if it like it gave you the same like uh display on the gun like it shows you like your 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 bullet count as well as like a little yeah radar thing it had amazing yeah that would be you know wishful thinking (laughs) yeah that would be interesting all right so uh next uh segment uh is stepping up uh that goes on to say guardians you've done it again thank you for helping us raise over two hundred thousand in direct donations along with pre-ordering thousands of Guardians for Hope t-shirts, all in the name of providing life-saving humanitarian aid to people around the world who are currently facing crisis from the aftermath of numerous natural disasters. Our partners at Direct Relief and T. Brubicon are so grateful for your support, and so are we. And for those who are, for those of you who had made a qualifying donation or pre-ordered a t-shirt between August 19th and September 1st, emblems are being distributed via email on Thursday, September 9th. Um, and they go on to show the emblem that uh, $25 uh, 
plus in direct donations earn the Anchor Point emblem. And then there's also the Guardians for Hope t-shirt pre-order earned a vital, and you earn the Vital Elixir emblem. Uh, they're going to say, please expect your Guardians for Hope t-shirt to be shipped to you approximately four to six weeks after you placed your pre-order. We also, and they also say, we also have an ex exciting announcement. Because the shirt has done so well, we have decided to extend the deadline for you to place your order until September 30th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. If you haven't been able to grab one for yourself or a loved one, head over to Team Rubicon's online store today. Anyone who pre-orders a Guardians for Hope t-shirt during the month of September will receive the Vile Elixir emblem via email on Thursday, October 7th. And they go on to show the shirt below, and it's, uh, it's a pretty cool-looking shirt. Got shacks on the front. Looks pretty badass. Uh, they go to say, as we wrap up this campaign and gift the funds you've raised to our incredible disaster relief partners, we hope you continue to feel a strong sense of pride, com camaraderie, and connection to one another and to those who live lives you make better each and every day. Um, so next section is, uh, oh, does anybody have anything uh, to add before we go into the next uh, about the the initiatives here? It's pretty self-explanatory to me. Yeah, no, I yeah. think it's great. They have, you know, ways that they're supporting important causes. They always do that really well and uh, definitely pick that up. And while you're at it, the collector's edition of the Witch Queen is available right now on the Bungie store. So if right you now? missed it right now, <laughs> you can pick it up right now. Yeah, didn't they like sell out of that? They did yeah, they for did. a while. Did, yeah. And you can get the $150 version without the game itself, which is not bad. And it comes with the really sick ghost shell that looks really awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Get your bread. Get the bread, yeah. Guardians. Yep. Okay, uh, next one is he's got a PhD in orchestronomics. Last Friday, Dr. Lupo worked with Intel to kick off Intel Gamer Days with a live orchestra performing Destiny music while he and a group of his mods played through the Deep Stone Crypt. It was amazing to watch these musicians adapt in real life as Lupo's crew made, played through the raid. Performing music, much like running a raid, is all about timing, teamwork, and seamlessly progressing through complicated mechanics that threaten to destroy the universe. And you can watch the entire replay uh, right here um, and the link they have provided. I need to watch that. Sounds badass. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty cool, for sure. Uh, so the next segment is a little too hot. And they're going to say, we have a quick update on some weapon fixes that went out this morning through a rapid turnaround to address community feedback. And here's the weapons design team to tell you more. Uh, first up is Lorenz Driver. They're going to say that typically when we make an exotic, we start from the position that its gameplay fantasy should work in all game modes and then dial it back from there as needed. Lorenz Driver's core fantasy is receiving bounties, hunting them down, and collecting a reward. And the target markers are key to this, so we opted to keep them at launch and see how it played in the wild. It turns out that a change is definitely needed, so we removed the target markers from players to remove the free info you get in PvP for having the weapon equipped while preserving the weapon's fantasy in PvE. So that's the change they made of Lorenz Driver. So uh, do they still get it if you're if you're holding the gun? Because I remember when it first was launched, like if you just had it on you, but you had another gun out, you'd still get the marker. 
Oh, I'm not sure about that. Did y'all, did y'all know that? I wasn't aware of that. No, okay, so I if you, you had, had it, like, if you had the driver just on you, really? Yeah, and you have like another gun out at the time. You're just running around. You still get the marker. You can still see through the walls in that little one little pit. So oh, I don't wow. know. If, are they, are they changing it to where you have to have the gun out, or just it's gone? They they said we have to keep it. Uh, so we remove the target markers from players to remove the free info you get in PvP for having the weapon equipped while preserving the weapon's fantasy in PvE. Oh. So they removed it in PvP, but it looks like they're keeping it in PvE. Good for them. I think that's that's what I'm reading here. It it, it From what I've heard, it's never easy making weird changes that only affect either PvP or PvE. Right. That's one of the reasons I always said it'd be it's probably better if you split it. But like, like I said, good for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it, you know, for them to be able to, you know, make that change so swiftly too, into the you know first uh, week of the new season, everything first week and a half. So, yep, good on them for that. Uh, next is Iron Banner weapons. And they're going to say all Iron Banner weapons from Season of Arrivals onwards have been able to use the new Iron Banner perks. These perks were left out of the two brand new Season of Lost Iron Banner weapons. So we picked one perk that we feel works well on each of them and added it to the second trait column. So you you guys, when you get your drops, you should see some of your drops have those uh, perks available on your Iron Banner weapons. So there Very nice. Yep. I guess I'll have to play Iron Banner then. <laughs> <laughs> so the next segment uh, is called titled No Dancing. They go on to say early in the season, there are always a few bu- uh, bugs left to squash. Our player support team are on the lookout for reports and working to make sure they're on the list of known issues. And here's the report. So with Hotfix 3.3.0.1 uh, went live earlier today. And here are some of the issues that have been resolved. And there's a complete patch, uh, list of patch notes that can be found on this link and the, uh, the website here. Uh, first one is the Withering Heat Artifact mod will correctly describe the mod's perks. Uh, second, the Lucky Pants Exotic Hunter Leg Armors Elemental Affinity will be able to be changed. Next, uh, shaders will be able to be applied to the Radiant Dance Machines no backup plans, and nothing manical exotics into the newest Iron Banner armor sets. Uh, next is the Luminous Grasps Hunter Arms ornament will, with subclass glow will be available for armor synthesis. Next, progression toward the Tracing the Stars quest will count if players pick up Atlas screws before they pick up the quest, or if they pick up the skews on another character. And finally, the Lucidity pre-order emblem from the Witch Queen can now be reclaimed from the Collections tab. So there you go. Those are the changes that were in the hotfix in 3.3.0.1. Well, thank God for those. Yep. Literally <laughs> unplayable. <laughs> and there's a bunch of other known issues below that uh, you guys can read that. Uh, there's a bunch of them here and we're not going to we're not going to look at every single one of them. <laughs> but um, it's nice that uh, they're able to squash these bugs. You know, it seems like when the new season starts that they're 
they got the teens hard at work and uh making sure that the game is uh you know playing well so kudos to those guys yeah <clears throat> and we got our movies of the week below here um and the first one is called always has been uh and it's got osiris uh which is ben sabathun and the 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 art looks the animation looks really good there so i'll have to check that out and uh there's a second movie of the week and it's called the witch queen anime opening oh god (laughs) so check those out at your leisure and congratulations to the winners and then we have artists of the week that gamma trap is no stranger to well i mean i'm a stranger to nowadays (laughs) i haven't been artist of the week for like years (laughs) right but it's always nice to see the art on here and it's you know some very cool submissions oh yeah congrats to those who got their submissions on here as well and uh that's pretty much the twab right there that's it it was a little baby twab yeah it was a baby twab and yeah, we do we do have a tradition on the show where we rate the Bungie weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. And right. I kick things off with our guest, Gamma Trap. What would you give the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one and five? One one being really good or one being really bad, five being really good. Oh, like not level of spice, just level of delicious. Yes. Okay. Well, I would say it's a uh, pretty good, solid, a solid baby twab, but not really all that much. Like bah. the smaller twab, truth be told, the less things need to be fixing, less things need to be updating. So they guess to smooth the gameplay. The only things they really need to worry about fixing are the things that they feel like are really breaking the thing, like the Lorenz driver, a little pip for the PvP, stuff like that. So I'd say it's a probably solid four pretty tasty tasty little twab but i guess it's not because the twab itself is tasty but mostly because the game is behaving for the most part as intended that's a good uh that's a good take yeah yeah i was gonna go low 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 but now i'm gonna, you know, raise- gonna low ball this twab huh based on just what doing their jab he's been, he's been inspired Based on what you said, like, because I never think about it. Like, he's that, a new uh, man. He's changed yeah. forever. Um, I'll give it a three because Ooh, I, okay. I think it was. You were going to go you know, in three? Oh, man. Yeah, Tough there wasn't much in this. It was a baby twab, you know. Yeah. But like he said, when the game is working better, you know, well, then there's. It works. Pretty long to say. Yeah, the twab's all about yeah. like updates and fixes, right? Yeah updates fixes psas things like that so yeah yeah, i think a three is uh yeah respectable exactly i think maybe you should change up your scale to be like spicy like like level level one be like a mild spice like okay everything's kind of doing its own thing great level five is like oh my god they deleted the crucible (laughs) i love that let's totally do that that'd be a spicy ass twab for sure (laughs) okay on the spicy scale Spicy ramen scale, level one mild, level five, burn your tongue off. I love that. I love that. (laughs) On a spicy ramen scale, Gamma Trap, you have changed this podcast forever. We're going to bring it in episode 200 and we're going to talk about 
the spicy ramen and how spicy the twab is. So how spicy on a scale of one to five, five being thermonuclear. Ooh, one nice. being it's, you know, it's, it's mild. It's not really doing it. This, this, this twab definitely mild, but that's not a bad thing. Okay. So you feel me? One, one. Yeah. Not Maybe twab, not nice. much changes, not too spicy. Just right. Okay. Shadow Price, what about you? Oh, wait, I got to rescore it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, how spicy? We sh- yeah. We're talking about spicy ramen now. Okay. <laughs> well, I know, it's getting really confusing. On the level of spice for this one, uh, like... Yeah, how spicy is it for you? I guess it's a one, <laughs> then. Exactly. It's not very spicy. Exactly. Oh, man. Very mild. It's a See, mild. you're catching on. This is just a, just a nice little simple scale, you know? Yeah. Okay, so on the spicy scale, I'm going to give it a one. On a quality scale, I would give it a three because there was nothing major there. It works. There wasn't anything there that makes me want to call my friends and be like, hey, we should go talk about this on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, But, you know. It was it was okay. The game's running. They still have money to pay people to write stuff, and the game is <laughs> very, operating as it should. The flavor is very mild, but full bodied. Yeah, you know, got some solid too. room notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got got room for some MSG somewhere <laughs> in that spicy ramen. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna give it a three out of five spicy tuna rolls for Cornholio. And we got a question from Crafty from chat for Gamma Trap before we wrap things up for the evening. How old were you when you knew that you wanted to become an artist? Uh, when I knew I wanted to become an artist, probably 25. I thought you were 25 like today. Shit. Okay. Damn. No, I'm 30, man. That's right. You're young. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a young man. I'm 30. My body is starting to die just a couple months ago. <laughs> man, imagine being older than 30. Godspeed, man. But yeah, yeah, about 20, about 25. Before then, I kind of I liked doing art stuff. But, you know, I didn't know why I wanted to be an artist. I was still I was working as an artist, but I didn't know that's what I wanted. I, I was good at it. I liked it, but I wasn't like that wasn't my driving force, my purpose. That wasn't my my end all be all goal was to just that wasn't my dream. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was from the you know, it's like when you're turning 18 to the age of like 23, 25. I don't think anybody's a person until they're 25 because <laughs> around 25 is 25 is like the magic year apparently where you figure your shit out a little better when you really start settling in on who you are and what you like to do around the age of 25 for me i said man fuck this athletic design shit i want to wake up walk 10 feet to my office paint all day until i don't want to or until i'm tired and then walk 10 feet back to my bed and sleep and like that is what i want my life to be forever Seems simple. (laughs) Set me down this very interesting path in life. (laughs) (laughs) 
very well said answer. Thank you for that. So, Gavin Trap, on that note, where can the Guardians learn more about you and what you do? Uh, they could follow me on Twitter at Brandon McCamey. No, no spaces. That's my name. Brandon McCamey. My real name. You can follow me here on Twitch at I'm underscore Gamma Trap. I changed my name recently. <laughs> and uh, I did that to fuck with people. <laughs> you can follow me on YouTube. I'm Brandon McCamey there also, but I'll if you type in Gamma Trap, you'll probably find me as long as there's no spaces. One word. And you can find me on TikTok as Gamma Trap. You can also find me on Instagram as Brandon McCamey. So it's either Brandon McCamey or, or Gamma Trap. As well as Art Station. I'm also Brandon McCamey on Art Station. Man, you're everywhere. I, yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Thank you. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you and what you do? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79. And I'm here on the Destiny Show podcast every Thursday night. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Amazon Music, and every major podcast platform. You can find us on the web at destinyshow.com. You can also find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. And you can find us right here on The Destiny Show podcast, live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Guardians, we're just getting started. We're going to have another amazing lineup of incredible guests for you next week and each and every week. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Guardians, and we hope you enjoy Destiny and hope you get that bread in the Iron Banner and in the Dreaming City. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we hope you have a nice evening. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye-bye. Adios! <laughs> Man, we did a podcast. There we go. Thanks, guys. That was a nice Usu- podcast. I enjoyed Usually, that. uh whenever I join podcasts, um, it ends up being one of their longest. So hopefully I wouldn't very long this time.